Well, good morning. I'm glad you're here. Years ago, um, my mom had been dealing with arthritis, and the doctor told her, you know, it's time to think about getting a hip replaced. Well, that was new to her. Well, describe that to me. Well, basically, I mean, he was nice, but we go in and we saw out the old hip, and we screw in a new one. And she thought, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And she kept getting worse and worse. And at, at the time, this was happening, I was overseas. Well, finally it got so bad, she couldn't put it off anymore. So I came home for a week just to drive my dad back and forth during the surgery. And I was aghast at how bad she was. It looked like a dog who had been hit and had a broken leg. I mean, she just hobbled everywhere. So I went with her drove my dad, went to the surgery, um, came out that day. And, and surgery doesn't go like this for everybody. But that day, she walked all the way down the hall, pain-free and back. And I don't know how far it went, but the, the nurse who was recording it says, I'm not going to record how far you walk because Medicare won't pay for rehab. <laughs> my mom suffered needlessly for three years. Three years, because she didn't trust the doctor. He had done a bunch of these surgeries. I can show you. I can point you to patients, blah, blah, blah. blah. Didn't, didn't trust. Suffered needlessly. You know, God calls us to that kind of trust. I, I am faithful. I've walked people through life. I, I need you to count on me. And, and we think, eh, maybe, I don't know. And, and like my mom, we, we suffer. And I want to look at one of the aspects of what happens when we doubt God. So if you've got a Bible, if you open that to Genesis 27, we're going to go all the way through this chapter with this question in mind, what happens when we doubt God? Genesis 27, what happens when we doubt God? Quick overview of Genesis, Genesis 1 to 11, God creates, and in those verses, um, humanity says, I don't think so. We're going to try and make a name for ourselves, that's most seen in Genesis 11, Tower of Babel. We're going to make a name for ourselves. And God says, no, 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 you're not. In Genesis 12, he starts with the first family, Abraham and Sarah. And he said, if you will trust me, I will make your name great. And he is going to show himself through this people that we know as the nation of Israel was started with Abraham and Sarah. He said, you're going to have to trust me. You have to go to a place you've never been, speak a language, and, and, and I'll give you a son. Well, it took 23 years, 24 years, and they finally got that son, and his name is Isaac. So he's the second generation. Isaac marries somebody named Rebecca, and Rebecca has twins, Jacob and Esau. And God makes a prophecy while they're in Rebecca's womb that the older, Esau, will serve the younger, Jacob. That's not the way it is. Usually the, the older brother, the oldest child, gets the power and control, but God says this is going to be different. So that's the backstory, and, and you'll see why that matters as, as we get in. So Here's how we start in chapter 27. It says, now it came about when Isaac was old and the, his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, my son. And he said to him, here I am. Isaac said, behold, I am old and I do, do not know the day of my death. Now, in fact, it would be more than a decade from this that, that Isaac died. But he thought, any day now. His eyesight's failing. So he says this, now then, please take your gear your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare a savory dish for me, such as I love, 
and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. So Isaac and Rebekah have two sons, Esau and Jacob. Isaac favors Esau. Rebekah favors Jacob. So if you're wondering how far back do dysfunctional families go, all the way back. God has spoken that Esau is going to serve Jacob, but Isaac, he doesn't want to hear that. So he says, I'm going to speak a blessing on you. And the blessing is God's, uh, the Father's favor and, and a, a pronouncement of goodwill and so forth. But that's great and that's important. A son needs a father's word. But, but God's spoken in this. Somehow Isaac wants to undo that. Well, his wife, Here's what he says. Look at verse 5. Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me that I may eat, and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there, that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so he may bless you before his death. See what they're going to do here? We're going to take advantage of your dad, my husband's failing eyesight, and we're going to try and trick him. I'm going to prepare a game, I'm going to prepare a dish, and he's not going to be able to see, and he's going to bless you instead of Esau, and we'll steal the blessing. What is that? That's deception. That's a bald-faced lie. Why? Because we really want Isaac's words. Oh, but... But God said, I've ordained this, that Esau's going to serve Jacob. But we really, really need Isaac's words. Do you? Apparently you think you do. So you're willing to do whatever it takes to get those words. We could title this passage, How Low Will You Go? We'll see how low they'll go. Verse 11 and 12, Jacob answered his mother, Rebekah, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel, and I can't see, perhaps my father will feel me, and then I will be a de as a deceiver in his sight, and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. So he's worried that his father might find out, and he might curse him and not bless him. But what about God when he sees all this going on? I'm not thinking about that. Verse 13, but his mother said to him, your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. I mean, Rebecca is large and in charge. And she's, I'm running the show here. Don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I realize I'm, I'm incorporating you in a lie, in a, in a bald-faced lie. I'm, it's a deception. But don't you worry about that. I'll take your curse. Okay, for those of us who are parenting, that's bad parenting, just so you know. 
We're going to lie, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about son. Don't worry about daughter. I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit. That's bad role model. So, here we go. Verse 14. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Then she put skins of the young goats on his hands on the smooth part of his neck. Because remember, that's, that's a giveaway, and, 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 and Isaac may go feel in there, so we're going we're gonna to really make this deception work. She also gave the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob. So in my opinion, here comes the moment of truth for Jacob. You ready for this? Takes the food and he goes. Verse 18, he came to his, his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Okay, here's the question. Who are you? Who are you, my son? I, I can't see. I I'm a little confused here. Who are you? Well, who is he? Well, he's Jacob, right? He's Jacob. So his father, who can't see, asked him, who are you? Jacob said to his father, I am who? Esau. That's a lie. That's as blatant as you get. How do you justify that? Boy, you must really want that blessing of your father. You'll flat out lie to your dad and take advantage of his poor eyesight. You talk about sad and pathetic. I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. I mean, the line just gets worse. Get up, please, sit, eat my game that you may bless me. Okay, another question. Here we go. Verse 20. Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have so quickly, that you have it so quickly, my son? That went pretty fast. How'd you pull it off? Esau? And he said, because the Lord your God caused it to happen. Now, now you're going to invoke the name of God to try and sell this thing. How are you feeling if you're Jacob? Do you remember out on the playground when you're trying to convince somebody, and I, I swear to God, I swear my mama's grave, I swear, you know, I will do anything, I will say anything to get you to do what I want you to do. Well, when you're a grade school kid, that's not commendable, but you understand, but this is an adult, desperate for his father's word, so he'll invoke the name of God. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close. Then I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So he's having doubts. So Jacob came close to his father, and he felt him, and his voice said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Ah, the deception worked, didn't it? The goatskin word. How are you feeling about that, Jacob? How are you feeling about that, Rebecca? You really pulled it off on the old guy. Feeling good about that? He did not recognize it because his hands were here like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said one more time, are you really my son Esau? Jacob's pretty far in on this thing. <laughs> to tell the truth now be pretty tough. That, that's the way it goes. You get in a deception, it gets harder and harder to pull out. So just one more time, is that really you Esau? 
And Jacob says, I am. So he said, bring it to me, and I will eat of my son's game, that I may bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate, and he also brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. Can you imagine that? It's a sign of affection when you're flat out lying to your dad. So he came close, and he kissed him, and we smelled the smell of his garments. He blessed him and said, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which God has blessed. May the Lord give you the dew of heaven. And that, that's saying the moisture you need to make your crops work. And the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations may bow down to you. Be master of your brothers. Now, who does he think he's speaking to? He thinks he's speaking to Esau. And he said, you're going to be the master of your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. I, I want to go back and read what God said when Jacob and Isaac were in the womb. Genesis 25, 23. He's speaking to Rebekah. He said, two nations, Esau and Jacob, are in your womb. And two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people will be stronger than the other. And the older, who is Esau, shall serve the younger, Jacob. Isaac thinks he's blessing Esau, and he's saying, your brothers are going to serve you. He is in direct conflict with God. He is in rebellion. No, God has stated Esau is going to serve Jacob, and Isaac is blessing Esau. He said, no, everybody's going to serve you. Everybody's in rebellion to God here. How's it working out for this family? Is this a family you want to model yourself after? I don't. They doubt God. They don't want nothing to do with God and His plan. And even those who have favor don't trust Him. They think they got to bring out the, the what they want in their own way. And we're wrestling with this question, what happens when we doubt God? Here's what I think. One of the things. We're tempted towards deception. We are tempted towards deception because by golly, God's not controlling. I got to bring my way and I got to bring my how and it ain't happening. So I will do what I need to and I will deceive. How bad will you deceive? I'll deceive my own father. I'll take advantage of his poor eyesight and I will flat out lie to him and say, who are you are? And I'm telling him I'm somebody else. That is the nature of humanity without God. And if you think you're not capable of it, I think I'm not capable of it. We're really deceived. Well, we don't trust God with this world and our job and our kids and our whatever. We will do any kind of deception to make our will happen. Well, this, this is a pretty high-risk deal. And one of the risks Jacob took is, is he's serving his father. And, and what if Esau walks in? That, that's a bad, that's a bad story. And, and that just missed happening. Verse 30 says, Now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Then he also made savory food, and he brought it to his father. And he said, Father, let my father rise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Isaac, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I'm your, first, your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was he that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of it before you came and blessed him? 
Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard these words of his father, he cried out an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Your father came and deceitfully has taken away your blessing. What a lie to me. He took advantage. Even though your brother had the guarantee of God, they didn't think that was enough. They thought he needed to make it happen on his own, and he came, and he lied to me. Then this is Esau speaking, verse 36. Is he not rightly named Jacob, for he has supplanted me these two times? Cody talked about it two weeks ago. He took, Jacob took Esau's birthright. Esau was hungry, Jacob made him some stew, and Esau said, I'll give you my birthright, and Jacob, Jacob took advantage. So it's the second time he's taken something that doesn't belong to him. Below, behold, now he's taken away my blessing. Have you not reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I've made him your master and all his relatives I've given to him as servants. And with grain and new wine I have sustained him. Now as for you, then what can I do, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you not only have one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. Then Isaac answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven from above. Remember, Jacob would get that dew, so his crops would flourish, not, not Esau. By your sword you shall live, and your brother you shall serve. And it shall come about when you become restless, and you will break his yoke from your neck. In verses 41 to 45, we see Esau's response. Esau bore grudge against Jacob because of his blessing, which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Remember, they think Isaac's about to die. Or I will kill my brother Jacob. That's where deception takes us. How's this family doing? Now, when the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself and concerning you by planning to kill you. Now, some of you guys are mothers, parents. How do you, how do you feel about that in family? Your plan, your deception has brought this kind of division to the point you've got to send one son away for fear he dies. Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself and concerning you by planning to kill you. There, now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee. Go to Haran to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send you away from there. Why should I be bereaved of you both in one day? I've lost my older son. I better send you away to your uncle Laban. Rebecca, verse 46, says to Isaac, I'm tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? So in 28, chapter 28, verses 1 through 5, uh, Isaac sends Jacob away. And in verses 28, 6 through 9, it says this, Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take to himself a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he charged him, saying, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Now Esau's mad about that. And that Jacob had his, obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Paddan Aram. When Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father Isaac, and Esau went to Ishmael and married beside the wives that he had, 
Melech, the daughter of Ishmael, and Abram's son, the sister of Nabal. So Esau thought, oh, you know, I've been shafted to the blessing. You don't want us to marry local women. I'm going to marry two of them just to make you mad. I don't know, do you have any kids that seem to want to spite you? How far back does it go? Well, it goes back this far. How does deception work out? Where does it all start? I better make things happen. And I better work and I better knowingly deceive in order to bring it about. What's, what's the result? Threats of murder, division. Now, now we wouldn't do that, would we? Let me tell you what I do. Now, I, I don't lie. I don't lie. I just embellish a little bit. You know what I mean? I just embellish a little bit. So I, I tell stories about me that make me just, just, just a little funnier and a little smarter than I really am. Why do I do that? I want you to like me. Well, isn't God's approval enough? Can't I just be Andy and hope you like me? And if not, I'm okay. But, but, but then you, you embellish stories. Then you got to remember, what did I say? And what, what did I not say? And you, yeah, Chuck Swindoll's a preacher. He said, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to have a, a real long memory. <laughs> but if you're embellishing, if you're changing, you better, better remember, because what did I say? So maybe it doesn't happen for you there, but maybe it happens at you at work. I mean, you, you bill for uh, just a couple hours. I mean, you were home monitoring email, right? Bill that kind of pad the account a little bit more money. Or, or, or you know, you, you, you want just a, a little bit more in sales because you're in line. Maybe you get the executive VP of sales. So you, you kind of oversell a product to the client knowingly, but I mean, I mean you, you really need that position. And, and you didn't do your homework, and you've got a really compassionate teacher, and you tell the teacher you did it and you lost it when in fact you knowingly skipped it. Why did you do that? Because you needed the grade and you wanted the approval and, and, and you lied. When we're people that take God at his word and believe he's sovereign and in control and good, that frees us up from having to see. That frees us up from walking the pattern of this family. Isaac and Rebecca and Esau and Jacob. So, so what's the source? Where's all this doubt? Well, if you were with us, it goes back to Genesis 3. God is in the garden with Adam and Eve. And the serpent comes along. And one of the things he tests Eve about, basically asks her, is God really good? Is God really good? And she doesn't think so. You know, he's got all these trees, just don't eat this one. Well, if you eat of that, and you become like God, and he doesn't want that. He's calling the character of God into question. We have inherited that. We doubt the goodness of God, so we better bring our reality around. So that's kind of, kind of bleak if that's just who we are, and that's where we're stuck. But we're not stuck there. Because of Jesus Christ, we're not stuck there. He was on earth 30 years, he was baptized, and he was about to go into public ministry, but he was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness for 40 days. And there Satan tempted him to doubt God. The first thing he said, you're really hungry, turn these stones into bread. And, and, and Jesus' answer was, hey, I, I don't eat by, by the 
bread alone, but, but by the word of God, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I, I trust God to, to provide my, my needs. And they said, hey, if you'll just throw yourself down and, hey, get the angels, even pull out scripture, the angels will catch you and everybody will see. It's, it's Jesus' chance to go, me, like, like they do in sports, you know, you make a tackle and you thump your chest and let's lift it up for me. I mean, this is Jesus' chance to show himself. And Jesus said, no, just not put your God to the test. Jesus said, I, I, I won't count on the world for affirmation. I'll trust God for it. And finally, Satan comes and says, if you'll just worship me, I'll just give you this whole kingdom. Jesus, you don't have to suffer. Just worship me and it's yours. Jesus came back with the word of God. You know, you only worship God alone. But Jesus wouldn't think, I can't trust God. I can trust the Father in, in, even in my suffering. See, Jesus showed, he, he was called to doubt the Father. That's what those 40 days were about. God, the Father, is not good. And Jesus said, no, I, I beg to differ. I, I think he is. And that's the character we need to ask him to reproduce in our life. That we can reverse the curse. He can reverse the curse in us that questions the very nature of God. Because when we get into deception, we get into all kinds of consequences. Brokenness. Vision. Is that where you want to go? It's not where I want to go. One last question. This is a foreshadowing. From what you see right now, is Jacob fit to lead the nation of Israel? Is a good spiritual model? Good, good person you want kind of in, in front there? Father of the nation, remember, it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That's, that's kind of who we venerate as our, kind of our the forefathers or we look to as the forefathers of our faith. Is Jacob a good man? No, no, he's not. Remember, he's the supplanter. That's what you supplant. You take what's not yours. But the final half chapter hasn't been written on Jacob yet. God's not done. Maybe you got some stuff in your life. Maybe you got some deception. Maybe you got stuff going on. God ain't done with you either. He majors <laughs> in reclamation projects. And if he can restore Jacob, he can restore you. He can even restore me. And he has and he will and he will in process. I don't know where you are. But God's not done with you. You haven't deceived, you haven't sinned too much for God to be finished with you. Keep hope that this isn't the final chapter of our life. So let me go back to my mom. She has the hip replacement surgery, and she is doing great. And what do you think happens about six to nine months later? The other hip. Yeah, you got arthritis. It's everywhere. And the doctor said, you know, it takes an x-ray, you know, I... I think we need to think about that second hip. How do you think my mom responded this time? Let's do it. Let's schedule the surgery. Why? What changed? She had an experience. This doctor was right. These surgeries work. At least they did for her. She didn't wait three years. She didn't wait three months. She didn't wait three weeks to get it on the calendar. Let's do it. Why? Because I know this doctor, at least when it comes to hips, is good to his word. There was a change. You know, as you grow, 
God can move in your life and my life so we're not the same doubters. As we have these experiences in this faithfulness, God can deliver us from the deception that plagues us. My plea is be, let's not people that stay there. Let's know that we're people that have this tendency, but believe God to do a work in our life to free us from the deception. That's a natural outflow of doubting Him. We're going to move to a time of communion now. So if you're a person leading a table, if you would move up to one of these tables, that would be great. Um, here's the deal with communion. We are not believing this is a little change to the body and blood of Jesus, but this is a memorial. We're remembering him because he did go through the desert and he did go through 40 days without dying and he did minister publicly for three years and he did knowingly go to the cross. So you and I could be changed. You and I could be different people. But he suffered as he went. Remember that was the last temptation Satan had for him. You trust me, you don't have to, to go through this. And his body was broken and his blood was shed that we could be right with God and we could be born anew. And that's what this body and blood is. It is, it is a, a restoration of the uh, body and blood or of, of us through the body, broken body and shed blood of Jesus. You do not have to be a member of North Point Community Church to participate. We just ask that you be a follower of Jesus. You'd be one of those people that are transformed. I mean, maybe you think, man, my life's a wreck. I haven't been very good this week. Hey, you know what? If, if you're in Jesus, uh, that's covered. And Jesus is at work in your life. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to participate. Uh, if not, f- feel free to sit and watch. No, no need to be embarrassed. Um, after I pray, if we'd go up, you guys, to these tables out here, the, the sides, the far tables, the, the, the little round thing, if you want gluten-free, the bread is there. Before we go, let me ask you, just, just to think for a moment. Where are you in truth-telling? All of us have that tendency. Boy, if you, if you have the tendency to deception, would you just, in the quietness of your heart, confess it to God? Say, I don't want to be that kind of person anymore. I've seen the results of deception. Would you change me? Would you restore me? So that I might live the fullness of life you have for me. Let me pray. And we can share in this together. So, Lord, we're grateful for this Jesus. Body broken and bloodshed. That we could be people free from deception. People free from those having to lie. Thank you that um, Jesus was obedient and and he didn't doubt and he believed in your goodness. May we be those people that believe in Christ's name. Amen.